Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome in the latest episode of the Five on the Floor podcast on the Five Reasons Sports Network. Make sure to check out fivereasonsports.com. That's spelled out F-I-V-E. Reasonsports.com. Before we get to today's special episode, I want to tell you about one of the great sponsors of the Five Reasons Sports Network, and that is BetDSI.com. You go there and use the promo code 5101. That's F-I-V-E 101. And what do you do there? You bet on just about anything. The Dolphins don't play this weekend. You can bet on the bye to beat them. Actually, you can't, but you probably should be able to. But you can bet on the Hurricanes or against the Hurricanes. They play Virginia Tech and Virginia the next two weeks. And, of course, you can go bet on the Heat and the NBA. No real games yet. Exhibition games coming up. If you do that, you're probably sick. But... You can bet the futures. I believe it's 43 wins for the Miami Heat. I'm going over. I've told you that for a while. But you can go to BetDSI.com. Use the promo code 5101. You can live bet in-game. So if you get it wrong at the start of the game, bet at the end of the first half. So bet on just about anything. The Panthers start on Thursday. You can bet hockey, too. 5101BetDSI.com. And now, today's episode. Welcome to Five on the Floor. A Miami Heat and NBA podcast from Ethan Skolnick with Alvon Sydney, a.k.a. Alf954. Brought to you by the Five Reasons Sports Network. All right, Ethan Skolnick back with you here, and I've got two co-hosts with me today. Alfon Sydney, you can follow him at Alf954. Alex Toledo, you can follow him. At Tropical Blanket, we were three of the five people who were at Heat Media Day today at the arena that doesn't have a name at the moment. We don't want to give it a name that it may not end up having. But we were down there all day long, several hours. We actually did interviews with Eric Spolstra and six of the players. So look for those over the course of the week. We're going to spread them out a little bit. But today what we wanted to do, guys, was just get into our five big impressions. It's five on the floor on the Five Reasons Sports Network. We did a video of this with uh, with Jenna as well. You can check that out. Uh, that's on our new YouTube channel. So we're all over the place. But I'm going to lead you guys through these. We got five major impressions that I had, and I think you guys had too, because we discussed this with a lot of the players and the coaches that we talked to. So here is number one, and I'll go to you first, Alex, on this. Eric Spolstra, to me, seemed more energized than he's been in years. And I can't remember the last time he was this happy at a media day. And when I mentioned this to him in the podcast that we did with him, he said that I was not the first person to say that. So here's my feeling on why he's so happy right now. One, uncluttered roster. Two, has a legitimate star. Three, no Hassan Whiteside to deal with. Do you think there's anything else? And what were your impressions of Eric today? What's funny you say that because I was 100% thinking that throughout the press conference. Uh, I'm a very anxious person myself, so I very much relate. And I can tell when other people are anxious. And he seems like he's very anxious to get going, to get training camp going. And uh, it came along even more. It came off even more when we were up close to personal in the interview. Um, but, yeah, all the things, all the reasons you said just now, honestly, it's, you know, the roster makes a lot more sense than it did last year. Uh, no Hassan, it seems like, you know, everything actually makes sense again. It, it, it just, the fact that everything makes sense is huge. 
And it just, I don't know if the contract extension, not like he'd ever had, you know, stability, but the contract extension, the roster making sense. And it just looks like there's a plan for the first time in a few years. Mm-hmm. Um, before, it, I mean, the last couple of years, I mean, it's been Dwayne, a Dwayne Wade farewell tour, um, a really disappointing uh, season from some guys who you signed and you gave money to and really it, not that it didn't pan out, but there's been a lot of injuries, a lot of setbacks. So you got to, you have a clear, uh, you have a clear path forward and you have, you're about a year or two away from having ultimate flexibility. And you all, and so, and you've seen what happened this summer. You don't even have to wait for free agency. You don't have to wait for cap, uh, the cap to clear up. There's probably some moves that you could make right now. So of course, I think he he's reflecting the same thing as the Heat fan base is. It's just a ton of optimism. Yeah, and the optimism comes off, and I also you know think the weight off of his shoulders. And it wasn't just Hassan. I, I don't want to just pick on Hassan here, although that clearly wore on Eric for a couple of years. But it's also other guys that he kind of had to find minutes for. So right, like everybody liked Tyler Johnson, but you were paying Tyler Johnson nineteen million dollars, and he was not worth that contract. But you had to justify giving it to him. So you have him playing in a position with five other guys of similar skill sets or at least similar ability, but you had to find minutes for him. Then also, I know how much he misses Dwayne as a human being and obviously as a closer, but that had to wear on Eric last year too. Like every game he's got to go into thinking, okay, how are we going to give the fans a Dwayne moment tonight? And, and that's what the season really became about. And I, I don't know that that was the intent when the season started, but as it sort of it became apparent that they just didn't have the horses, it became all about Dwayne. And then you're working back Dion Waiters, and you had a fat Dion Waiters, right? And you had, a, you know, an out-of-shape James Johnson, and we're going to hit on both of those guys over the course of the pod. But now those guys are in shape. Now, again, you have a rotation where you have flexibility and versatility, instead of having so much duplication. So I think all of those things, but I will tell you, and again, I've known Eric, you know, since 96 and I kidded with him a little bit on the pod about that today. And I asked him the question, I said, have you ever considered at any point, uh, you know, just walking away? And he looked at me like I was like, I had, you know, three asked, horns on my head. He right? asked if that was a trick question. And he, it- he, he asked <laughs> if it was a trick question. I'm going to write a column about it tonight. He asked if it was a trick question. And, but, but then, you know, I think he thought about it a little bit, because, like, he has to have gotten worn down. Like, he's been working 25 years for the same absolutely driven to, you know, balls to the wall boss that you could possibly work for with that kind of pressure in this kind of environment. For four years, he coached the most scrutinized team in the world. Yep. And, and then after that, he lost the player that made all that happen. Then he lost the other one that made all of it happen. Then he had to and then work he lost back another there. one. And, and then he lost another one. So I, I just think, I, you know, it's not crazy to say that he could have been worn down by this. Plus, you know, he has a baby and he has another one on the way. And so there's a lot of stuff that's going on in his life. There was the, you know, the option to maybe go back to the Pacific Northwest at some point, maybe if Seattle gets a team. And so I don't think it's crazy to think that maybe he's thought about kind of moving on, but, but clearly at this point, why would he, right? I mean, he's in, you know, he's got stable ownership. He's got stable management. He has a role in management in the future, clearly. And he's got a pretty damn good team. And I, I thought the other thing that came across guys, and this is number two, is that he set the tone for this, but others kind of said it. The league has changed guys. The Golden State Warriors are not, you know, uh, you know, 
invulnerable at this point. I mean, they may not even be a top four seed in the West. And as he said, the Toronto Raptors would ordinarily be the favorite because they just won the championship, but they just lost one of the three top players in the league. He, he was very, I thought, very out front today about going for it, which he never is. Like, I, 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 it took me by surprise how not cocky he was, but just kind of confident about this damn thing is wide open and, and we're going to go for it now and we intend to win now. And if you listen to Eric enough, those are not the kind of things that he typically says. Alf, you know, any of that strike you? Yeah, I mean, you normally don't hear coaches basically to reference other teams like that, especially not, um, especially not uh, Spo. He was he was very direct, very specific when talking about, especially Toronto, um, talking about the fact that the East has had so much turmoil and upheaval over the course of the summer. And as somebody who has put teams together, um, large groups together over summer, he knows how hard it can be for some of these other teams. Now, yeah, the Heat, they have a new look, but most of that foundation is set, and they're just adding a couple guys like Jimmy, Hero, Myers, that they believe fit their system, fit their culture perfectly. So he's probably thinking we don't have as far to go as a Brooklyn or as a Celtics or even as a Sixers trying to integrate two new starters into their lineup um, guys that don't necessarily play like the guys that are gone. So he sees the opportunity there. And, I mean, we've discussed it before. There's – when you look at the Raptors, you look at the Celtics, you look at Indiana, and you look at Miami, there's no reason why Miami shouldn't be in, in a three or four seed. And a couple different people talked about today how the goal is to be top half of the Eastern Conference going in with a home playoff series. And I, that's the goal, and I, I think that they see it, the opportunity right in front of them. Uh, it's, sorry, uh, that stood out to me, too, uh, when it was at Espo in the press conference about contending in the East right away. And it took him, you know, less than a second before he said, I do, unequivocally so, that he sees the team as a contender. And it stood out, man. The positive energy that he had it was just seeming out of his body. Yeah, it does. It's just it's, I'm not used to it. I mean, even with the the big three teams, he would downplay those expectations quite a bit. He didn't want to go there, right? Like he he didn't. I mean, every the bullseye was on their back from the very beginning, and he kept talking about process, right? Like I didn't hear as many buzzwords from him today. Like I, I felt if if you've covered Eric long enough, you know there's really two Eric Spolsters. There's the Eric Spolster that does the thing in front of the cameras, which he doesn't like. He doesn't like doing radio. I joked with him about that today. He doesn't like doing podcasts. I mean, you know, he doesn't did an hour and a half with Woj again. But again, they 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 have you know they work from a, they come from a similar agency or the same agency, and and obviously Woj has a national profile. But he doesn't typically like doing those kind of things. And but then there's the Eric Spolster on the side, and that Eric Spolster is a little different. That Eric Spolstra's language is a little bit more colorful. That, that Eric Spolstra, you know, is a little bit more open about what he thinks about players on the team, although he's always careful not to criticize guys directly. Uh, and, and you know that one of the things that he does, I think, very effectively as a head coach publicly is he will criticize collectively but praise individually at times, which I think is what the good coaches do because they make sure that their guys on the team are all with them. But 
there are really two two spolsters in that sense. I thought we only got one today. I didn't I didn't feel like we got the careful watching every word, giving you a bunch of buzzwords, Eric Spolstra. I, I thought that he he knows who he is now. He knows where he stands among coaches in the NBA. He has a four-year extension. He's got a roster he likes that's more to his liking. That is not the roster necessarily that Pat put together in the first place, but is more kind of team that Eric would want. And, and I just think there's a comfort zone that he has with his team. And I think that matters. I think we, he was a worn out coach the past two years. We com we, we commented today he looked younger. Yes. Yeah. He, <laughs> we, yeah. We talked like we, we you brought it up. You said he looks like how Obama left the White House and all of a sudden he's got a pep in his step. <laughs> he looks like <laughs> he looks like a younger man. And I mean, he was he was look he was getting up it looked like he was getting up there in age the last couple of years. So and, instead of the White House, it's the white side? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I guess so, right? I guess is that what happens? Like if if you get well, again, I don't want to, I don't want to bang on Hassan too much. He was introduced <laughs> in Portland today. That's pretty damn good, Alex. Terry but, Stotts is gonna look so young in a couple of years. Yeah, no, he's gonna look so old this season, right? Like that's what's gonna end up happening to Terry Stotts. Poor Terry Stotts. I, it is you cannot. Okay, I, I promised myself I wouldn't go here in this pod, but uh, I had heard from people in the organization they told me just Hassan being off the roster was five wins. And, some, uh, and somebody else today I talked to said, I think we underestimated it. It's closer to eight than nine. I, I just think that. My God. <laughs> no, but it was just, I, I don't think people really understood what a weight it was because this organization is not used to having guys go against the grain, right? Like you can, you can be ultra competitive MFers, okay, like Jimmy Butler is. And you can have an entourage like LeBron had. But ultimately, you, you LeBron didn't challenge authority, you know, and pout the way that Hassan did, okay? And ultimately, what happened with LeBron a lot of the times, it was other guys on the team like Ray Allen and others who would kind of – and Rio who would kind of complain to LeBron about things and have LeBron or Dwayne, but sometimes LeBron, be the point person who would take it to Fisdale or to Spolstra, usually Fisdale. So it, it's, it's, it was unusual to have a player like Hassan – who was making that kind of money. And the money quote today to me was you, you, your best, the most important relationship in the organization is between the highest paid player and the head coach. He didn't say the best player. <laughs> yeah, that was uh, right. Right. That was, He's, that was striking when he brought up highest paid, highest I, paid player, because that's the thing that Butler and Whiteside have in common. It's not best player, right? Because yeah. I don't know that Hassan was ever but the best. Even, player. When, when have you heard, um, supposed to ever bring up salary before exactly, never. exactly, never. That's pretty specific. Contracts. He doesn't talk about salary, he doesn't talk about money, he doesn't talk about his own money, much less anybody else's. No, he's embarrassed like, by the whole thing with his contract yeah. getting out. He told us that. And the other quote that came out was he kept saying that Bam only cares about not just winning, but getting bringing the best out of everybody else. And I will tell you now, and I've told this before, this isn't a trade secret. That, you know, what Eric used to tell me about Hassan was that his frustration with Hassan was not that Hassan wouldn't work. Hassan never understood that. Like, Hassan would always tell you about his work ethic. And nobody challenged the fact that Hassan, you know, worked out in the training, you know, in the workout room. Or that he had this incredible story and he had to get back from overseas in the G League or the D League or whatever. I mean, there's no doubt about it. He's just chiseled. He, he worked his ass off. He worked hard. He didn't work with that was always Eric's issue with him. Eric would say things to me like, 
you know, I want Hassan, when other guys are on the floor, I want him to put out his hand and pick those guys up. Okay. I, I want him to, I want him to work with guys in the weight room. I want him to organize events with, and that was the frustration that they had that, that he would never do those things consistently. He would do them at times, but he wouldn't do it consistently. So now you've removed him from the roster and instead you've given him out of bio more minutes. We talked to Kelly Olinick today. I thought he looked extremely happy too. Like a weight's off his shoulders, right? He's one of the, you know, he knows he's going to play. So I think all of those things played in. All right. Right after this break, we're going to get to number three which has to do with the kind of roster that's been put together. But first, I want to tell you about another great sponsor of the Five Reasons Sports Network, Magic City Casino. you got to check out the high. It's J-A-I. It's for High Lie. If you never checked out High Lie, it's a quintessential Miami sport. But that's not all this is about. It's kind of like a nightclub, too. They've got a full bar. They've got a full menu. They've got indoor, like, lawn games and stuff. They've got the TVs if you want to watch other sports. Former UM players are out there playing highlight. you got to check out the high. You can bet on it. It's just a great night. And it ends early enough that you can still go to Wynwood. You can still go to South Beach. You can still go up to Hard Rock when that thing opens up uh, in late October. So you got to check out the high. It's J-A-I Magic City Casino. All right, let's get to number three here, guys. And I want to get to the versatility of the roster actually fourth. Let's get to one of the reasons why we think this could be such a versatile roster is because two guys came back in much better shape. Deion Waiters and James Johnson. We talked to James Johnson on the pod, and he took it personally, right? Like, I, I mean, he <laughs> I mean, basically told – I said, did you have to bite your tongue because you don't like to talk about injuries? He kind of indicated that he did. They both looked different. Deion said he worked his ass off this summer. They're both closer to the end of those contracts. What did you take from Dion and JJ today, and how much of a contribution can we reasonably expect, Alex? Uh, so I was standing right next to Dion and right in front of JJ when we were doing the interviews, and they both looked noticeably slimmer. Dion a little bit more so, I think, because that was more of his focus. Uh, but they both definitely look like they're in better shape than they were uh, towards the end of last season. There's no doubt about it. Yeah, I didn't know. Uh, I was we didn't talk to Dion, um, and I wasn't there for his stand up. Uh, Christopher Maddox, from uh, who was there with us from Light Skin Opinions, he said that uh, Dion really didn't have a lot of patience for questions. I think he just wants to get to the season. He wants to. He said he has nothing to prove. Oh um, yeah, yeah. But I don't. I don't. I. I think in his mind, he definitely feels like he has something to prove. I think the work he put in in the off season um, reflects that. The thing I noticed about James Johnson was you saw some of the same things that you saw with Spo, where James Johnson has had like a frust really frustrating, especially last season. And for a guy who likes to work, likes to contribute, wants to help on the floor, uh, prides himself on playing defense, playing both ways, you could tell he hasn't been healthy. And it wasn't just about not being healthy. And Spo pointed this out in the press conference. He wasn't healthy, but he also couldn't get when he when he finally got healthy. He didn't have time to prepare. He didn't have a real off season last year. So you see a guy. He looked great, right? He looked happy. He was joking around with us about MMA and uh, who's the who's who's the who's the baddest guy on the Heat. He said um, UD's worse than him because UD's crazy. <laughs> At least he's sane. But he seemed more fun. He seemed more outgoing, he seemed more positive. And I think that's because he shed some of that frustration of last year. 
Yeah, I, I don't I don't think there's any question that the frustration kind of boiled over with him. And, you know, the other thing is, you know, with James Johnson, and we've just got to be straight on this, like it, it was a three-month, you know, apex, right, in, in a 10-year career. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. What's the first thing you'd do if you had an extra hour in your day? Go for a run, take a nap, maybe check the stats of the latest Miami Heat game? I've got a better idea. A lot of us spend our lives wishing we had more time. The question is time for what? If time was unlimited, how would you use it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important to you and make it a priority. Therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. I've benefited from therapy. I went through some life changes, major life events, had some difficulties, wasn't a believer in therapy, but it helped me and it can help you also. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. So learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash Miami Heat today to get 10% off your first month. Again, that's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Miami Heat. And, you know, well, I, I, so I, I think say, it felt like that three-month apex was three months of him hitting his potential finally. Right, it wasn't, but... It didn't right, feel like he, such an outlier as far as, wow, he finally put it all together. Not like a Jeremy Lin situation where somehow... He was just hitting a bunch of shots. Yeah, he's going back and forth with Kobe and Gabe Winners. <laughs> right, 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 so right. It, right. Did, it did feel good. It felt like, no, this is a guy who's always had all the tools, and now he's finally put them together. Well, he put them together in part because we felt that, that Spolster and the coaching staff had found something for him that other coaches had not, right? And then you know, he has the sports hernia, and then he gets paid, and I think it's hard for fans to kind of separate the two things. Like, why all of a sudden, you know, is he not performing at the level he was before after he got a contract that really wasn't commensurate with the rest of his career? I, I just think at this point, you know, I think they have to figure out with him. And I asked him, how much, you know, do you want to handle the ball? And he said he still wants to do it, but he needs to play off the ball too. But, but they need to figure out with him, I think, you know, are they going to be running a bunch of stuff through him like they were a couple of years ago? Or, you know, are they going to be using him more, you know, sort of as a cutter and a rebounder? I think one of the frustrations you had with James Johnson when he played last year, when he was the starting four, he didn't rebound at all. Like he went, he would go through like 12 games without grabbing more than three rebounds in a game at playing the starting four. So is that just that he couldn't get up anymore? And, and he, told he, us, he, he told us he's 100% explosive. now, Alf. So, I mean, yeah, I, I think, I, he, I think he, he talked about the explosiveness is back. He didn't have any explosiveness last, last year, and you could tell because he, he wasn't playing defense. And that was that's not a guy who – he's never been a guy who doesn't play defense. Right. Um, and then he kind of pointed out that I think he was trying to live up to that contract where you would see him try to do too much with the ball. Mm-hmm. And I think we, all, we, we would all get a little frustrated. I used to have this thing that – he sent at least one pass into the third row every single game. <laughs> Souvenir for the fans, Alf. Season <laughs> tickets. And that it was like he was, just, he was doing too much, and then you get frustrated because he's taking the ball out of other guys' hands. It felt like he was saying, listen, he's not trying to live up to a contract anymore. He's not trying to play outside of himself. He wants to play his game. He wants to play a role. And it felt like he was – he came to terms with his contract, came to terms with – 
like I said, the frustration from last year. And now he just wants to go out and help this team whatever way possible. He doesn't – it doesn't feel like he has that pressure of, okay, I, I signed a big deal this summer. That 30-11 team, I was I was a leader on it. I got I to gotta try to do the same things I was doing on that team. Because the team, the whole dynamic has changed, which is why we've been saying over and over again, it's really nice to have a clear alpha again. See, I was actually going to say something similar about JJ because – you're right about that. He's he looks good, and it feels like it's the perfect timing of like you know, no pressure because as far as you're talking about, they were running office through him consistently beforehand, and now he's just going to be a productive role player off the bench, and it does make sense for you know him to be used, uh you know with the inverted pick and roll with Dion coming off the bench uh, potentially. It feels like you know everything is kind of aligning right when it comes to those two players and. Uh, as far as what Dion was talking about earlier, mm-hmm. he kept saying he didn't have to prove himself because he knows in his head, in his, in his head, that it's all about the shape that he was in last year, the lack thereof. He kept saying right. it was all about just getting back into shape, getting back into shape. And JJ seems to kind of be saying all the same things. So it feels like, it's, you know, the timing is I, just I do great think right now. Com- I, th- I think they're coming from two different places. Like, I think – uh, Dion still not Dion sees himself as a starter. Dion wants a major role on this team. Dion probably still thinks he's the best player on this team. But he kept so, saying when when he was asked about it, he said starter or not, I'm gonna play. And he he kept saying that like you know he wasn't up for the like well, I the, guess in his mind, reporters trying to build up a narrative of him being uh, you know somebody who wants all the shots or whatever. He kept saying he was real Alex, relaxed it's talking not about reporters. he wants to be for the team. I mean, I know, not, I know, I know. Not reporters, it's, it's, it's when you say six man of the year under his Instagram post, and he's like, "Nah, you oh, know." That was, uh, I didn't even see that. That's that was recent. <laughs> yeah, over the summer, like James Johnson mm. doesn't. He knows he's not a starter on this team anymore, and I think the comfortability with that role, like he's always been more comfortable coming off the bench. So, I I think he he's secure in that position, and I I I and I've said it a thousand times: Dion and JJ being healthy and being productive can turn this from a 45-win team to a 50-win team. And I really believe that because it would give them one of the best second units in the league this year. If, right, but again, it depends who accepts the role in the second unit. And you're right about Dion. Like, uh, it's, it always makes me nervous. Like, you want him in shape more than you don't, right? Like, you want him in shape. Like, and he's in great shape, and credit to him for that. And he's getting closer to the end of that contract. It's halfway over. He's got two more years in it. It's not that unreasonable if he's, if he's playing consistent minutes. And then he's going to want another one, and he's not an old guy. I mean, he's, I mean, we're not talking about somebody who's in his 30s. Like, he has, another, he has another sizable contract in him if he performs well for the next two years, depending on where he is. But I, it always makes me nervous. Like, you're right. Like, with James Johnson, if James Johnson is in shape, he just fits in, right? Like, they'll find a role for him, and he'll be productive. And I asked him today, I asked JJ, I said, you know, do you want to be a leader? Because remember, he was one of the captains, right? Like, and he, he said he's not, he doesn't want to do that anymore. Like, he just, I, I think, I think, honestly, James Johnson, and here's the difference between the two of them. I think James Johnson, he came off to me, and we didn't sit down with Dion, but I did hear his group interview. James Johnson came off to me as sort of embarrassed about the way he played last year. Like, I, I think he's taken it to heart, and I think he knows how much money he makes. He mentioned about how the fans have a certain reaction to him. And he even he, called it a horrible season for himself. He called it a horrible season. He talked about how, you know, he built this relationship with the fans. I think he was embarrassed by the situation, and so I think whatever role – he just wants to sort of blend in now and whatever role they give him, he'll do it to the best of his ability. And if he ends up fulfilling his contract here, great. And if he ends up somewhere else, 
that's what happens. But he also said he, he's, he's raising his family here. Like he wants to be in Miami. I think he's going to be fine, provided that he's healthy and they find the right role for him. Dion is a little bit of a different story. I, I don't think Dion is necessarily embarrassed about what happened last year. I think Dion, you know, thinks the ankle was worse than anybody else really reacted to it, but also that he got out of shape. There were some differences behind the scenes about the way that they approached that injury and the conditioning. If you've been following the team, you know that. And so, I, and, and the other thing with Dion is it always comes down to this. If he's totally healthy, he's going to want to be the man. It doesn't matter who else is on the court. Now I did notice that there were some really positive interactions with him and Jimmy Butler today. And that to me is the one relationship on this team worth monitoring the most. I think that if the two of them click and come to an understanding, Jimmy can get to Dion and help make Dion the most effective possible player he can be. But if they clash, that's the one relationship on the team that worries me. But you right? know what's funny? When you, when you look at that, who did Dion play some of his best basketball with before he came to Miami? With Russell Westbrook. With Russell Westbrook. Not with Kyrie Irving. But they didn't. But Kyrie and, and, and Dion are totally different personalities. didn't get along. But, yes, Dion and Russ liked each other. And, actually, KD likes Dion quite a bit. But look at, so, but look at Russ's personality compared to Jimmy's. They're, they have they're that similar. Same, they, yeah. They're similar. So yeah, they're similar. You would think, hopefully, that those guys can, they can get some of that, the same relationship that him and Russ had. Right. I, I, and I think that is a relationship worth monitoring. And we're going to cover versatility here after the break. want to tell you about another great sponsor of the Five Reasons Sports Network. We share an office with them in North Miami. They've been sponsoring our 305 Lives. They gave away a Jimmy Butler jersey. It's the Seltzer Mayberg Law Firm. You can find them at onecalllegal.com. That's onecalllegal.com or call 1-855-5000-LAW. They handle cases including but not limited to car accidents, slip and falls, and traffic tickets. They handled mine. They'll take care of it for $49.95 or up. And they've got a new 15,000-square-foot office. We can attest to it. We record uh, podcasts from there. It's right there, right off I-95 in North Miami. But they also handle cases from all over the state. So call now with 24-7 service for a free consultation, onecalllegal.com, 1-855-5000-LAW. Let's get to these a little bit quicker here. Number four to me was the versatility of the roster. Eric Spolster hit on this a little bit. Some of it does have to do with James Johnson, but some of it also has to do with what they decide to do with guys like Derek Jones Jr., who we had a really good interview with today. We'll be playing that for you. And also with Justice Winslow. So let's get to Justice Winslow first. We didn't get a chance to sit down with him, but he did have a group interview. He, was, he spent most of the day, guys, we have photos of this, him taking photos of other people. I mean, he was, like, under the table with us, okay? Like <laughs> that, taking, the, the angles <laughs> that he was taking were weird, man. Were, were weird. I just, well, Justice is a different personality, man. Like, I, I remember when, when Justice came in and Amari Stoudemire really liked him because they, they shared this love of art. He has this relationship with Chris Bosch, which tells you a little bit about you know, some of Justice's interests because Chris has really diverse interests. Uh, but Justice is not backing down from the point guard thing. He was asked about, you know, he said, he said position matters. And then he kind of smiled and he said, and I don't want to play center. And of course, everybody remembers what happened against Toronto in game seven. And that was forced, uh, you know, in his rookie season. Uh, where do you think, and Goran was a good spirits today too. And I don't think they have a bad relationship at all. But where do you think this thing goes? He's not backing down from this, guys. Uh, he wants to play no, point guard. I don't think Spo would have it any other way. Like, I know that they want guys to fall in line, but they also don't want a bunch of just yes men either. So, I mean, if he wants the ball in his hands, I think a lot of it is just terminology. And that's what Spo was big on that today. Just 
Let's get away from the terminology of point guard, shooting guard, center. And I think the funny thing is, I think when he when he wants to go away from those terms, it's all about justice and Goron. Because then he called Bam a center later. So <laughs> <laughs> I guess we do have names for positions. And it was funny, like James Johnson, he talked about how bad how badly Justice wants to play the one, and that's where he needs to be. He needs to have the ball in his hands. So I think what you're going to see is um, you might see Goron start with Justice, I, I, I or, or maybe Dion. But if Goron starts with Justice, I think it's going to be one of those point guard and name only kind of things mm-hmm. where they're to they're just to to kind of just okay guys we don't care but i know this is important to you we'll give you the label or even if they give it to justice and they're gonna say hey justice is between you um we uh, dion and jimmy you're all gonna have the ball in your hand but you know to 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 placate you we're gonna call you the point guard on the starting on uh, in the starting lineup but you realize, so, Al. But you realize, Alpha. I mean, if you're talking about Goran and Justice playing together, which I don't know if it works. I mean, I don't like it at it, all. It hasn't worked statistically. But if they're playing together, then that means that that Dion's coming off the bench because uh, I mean, yeah. Jimmy, Jimmy's the other. Jimmy's you know the other perimeter. Unless they start, uh, unless they start Justice at the three. Well, even if they start Justice at the three and start Jimmy at the four. Or I mean, Justice at the four, actually. Yeah, so yeah they, they don't want to do that. I mean, I, I, think that, I think they'll go to some lineups like that, but I, don't, I, I think they have four options at the four, I, and, and one of them is Olenek, who I think is, is the likely option because if you listen to Spo today, he, 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 did, he, he knows the numbers. I mean, it's funny. Spo will talk about how he doesn't focus on analytics that much and he doesn't believe in one-game sample sizes. But then he talked about how he has his green and red, you know, for after games, for lineups. Like, he knows – trust me, Eric knows that BAM and Olenek works. And when we talked to Olenek today, he talked about the reasons it works. Olenek's going to be the starting four when he's healthy. I, it, may, it may not be at the start of the very start of the season because the knee situation, but he's going to be the starting four. Alex, uh, you, I mean, I, I know you listened to Justice a little bit today. Uh, what did you take from him other, other than the photography? So, um, once again, Justice Winslow, just a fantastic defender because he was not having any of the point guard questions, man. Every single time that somebody tried asking about it, he was shutting it down, saying he's going to do, you know, whatever the team needs. It's clear that, you know, they probably talked to him at some point about it after that comment that he made about wanting to be a starting point guard. But, uh, yeah, I kind of agree with what Al says. It feels like it's almost obvious that they're going to start together, you know, Goran and Justice. And they all seem pretty positive, man. I was there for Goran and Justice uh, press scrums. Both of them seem pretty positive about the, the season going forward. I I, I think it's going to be fine. And the, the kind of – the kinks will work out themselves. They both said, but especially Justice, kept emphasizing how uh, he wants to be the point guard, but that he wants to work for it. He kept saying, that's what, that, that's what I'm going to do is work for it myself and not talk about it, that nothing's given to me. Mm-hmm. So I think he's taking on the right mentality there. Well, I've always noticed, I mean, I, this is a little behind the scenes here. I, 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 I've never really noticed it, and maybe I'm wrong on this, like a really strong relationship between Goran and Justice, whereas I always did between Goran and Jay Rich. So I, I don't know what the personal dynamic is there. I mean, they seem like the kind of people who would like each other, but I don't, I don't know sort of what that is behind the scenes. I just don't seem to remember a lot of interactions between the two of them, whereas Goran kind of took Jay Rich under his wing a little bit when Jay Rich was working as a point guard when he first came in. Let's get to number five. 
And this jumped out. We haven't talked much about Jimmy Butler at all, and we only got a couple minutes to do it here. But uh, Jimmy was smiling. Jimmy was happy. Jimmy didn't do any one-on-ones today. He didn't do any group stuff. He, he did all that on Friday, but he took some pictures for people. Uh, but uh, this team is taking on Jimmy's personality already. When we talk to players on the team, they want the trash talk. They want him to go with them. Uh, they want to prove that they can handle it. They want to go back at him. Uh, then there was also an interview that Jimmy Butler did today with NBA TV where he, said, he talked about Tyler Harrow and said, basically, you tell Tyler Harrow to show up at the gym, and he's there two hours earlier than he's supposed to be. Uh, what, did you, uh, what was sort of your reaction to this kind of, A, us against the world mentality that, that all of them seem to have, but also embracing you know, Jimmy as ass kicker behind the scenes and in practice? Well, this is why you want an alpha on your team, right? So your team can take on an identity. And it was kind of perfect because you brought in Jimmy, who, or, who had the mentality already that your team has been trying to embody for the last four or five seasons. So now you, you bring him in, and he's the clear number one. He's the clear alpha. And everyone takes on that persona, that personality. Even the guys who probably, for the most part, are a little more quiet, uh, the Kelly Olynyk's. Uh, Myers Leonard is not quiet. <laughs> no, that was, he's not. That, that was the best interview of the day. By far. Um, yeah, he by was, far. That guy, he's going to be become a fan favorite uh, pretty immediately. I and, by, and, and, and by the way, uh, he and L, he said he and L are coming on the pod with us. So just letting you know, that's happening. Jenna did a uh, video interview with him. But anyway, we're going to play this, the, the podcast with just Myers, but they're both coming on together. I tweeted out that uh, the, the Jack show, uh, in the table interviews after the games. Oh, yeah. God. With him and Myers, must see TV. Oh, yeah, no doubt. No doubt. Well, um, don't, don't, don't feed Jax's ego, but yeah. <laughs> but uh, but, but with, with, with the Jimmy situation, it just, it's so, it just felt so right the whole day. Because everybody you ask – Hey, how about how about the trash talk? Is Jimmy coming after you? You're gonna go right back at at him. And every single person said, "Oh no, we welcome it, we love it, but I'm not backing down." And it, it just it it just I'm and that's why I think he fans and the people in the organization that the the positive vibe today, the energy was great. It's all because everything fits so well and things just it, things just look like the dominoes are falling in place. Uh, quick impression, Alex. So uh, I kind of agree with everything Alf just said as far as Jimmy goes. Uh, I wish we would have heard more from him, but I guess we already got that at the intro on Friday. But, um, yeah, you're absolutely right about that. I was thinking because I've heard Ethan mention a lot of times as Justice being the guy with, you know, kind of that leadership in him uh, as a natural leader. But Justice and Goran, the two, the two previous best players in the team, both kind of quieter, softer-spoken guys. I like that Jimmy is here to kind of, you know, invigorate them get them going be that loud annoying guy that every team needs yeah and I noticed today that he was going around to some of the sort of lesser guys on the team and making them feel involved and giving them a hard time which again is positive and and one of the strengths LeBron had with the big three teams was LeBron was the guy who organized everything like LeBron sent the text to 14 other guys Ray Allen said he never experienced that in Boston 14 other guys on the road to go to breakfast. And that was always LeBron. I think Jimmy's going to be doing a lot of that. All right. Check out five reasons, Also at five reasons sports on Twitter. Thanks to Alf and to Alex. And we'll have plenty of podcasts this week. Again, I'll be up at training camp as will others. And now we got a word from Jason Jackson. All right. There are a lot of events in South Florida that you got to go to, but if you can only pick one, yeah, come on now. this is the one. 
I'm with Jason Jackson. You know him as the Jack Show. It's the third year of this event. I don't want to disparage the guys that you roasted before. You shouldn't. But there's one three. Yeah. So what do you got going on? Jack Celebrity Roast Volume 3, 4-3. Like, this was always in the making, all the way back to when we started in 2016 with Irie first and then uh, Jason Taylor. But uh, on October 12th at uh, One Hotel uh, South Beach, we were roasting Dwayne Wayne. We've got Chris Spencer, Razor Davis, um, Jimmy Butler on the podium, as well as Udonis Haslam. I'm giving you a breaking story. It's not fully confirmed, but uh, we'll all be together on October 12th. Everybody can get tickets to jackscelebrityroast.com. Uh, do not bring your mother, your faith healer, or your kids. Sounds like a plan. So where do they go again? Where do they get it? jackscelebrityroast.com. Buy your tickets now. There aren't many left. All right.